This episode of the Cutting Edge Podcast is brought to you by GlassGadget.com. Showcase Innovations creates tools that help shower door installers be more efficient and save time. Check out GlassGadget.com for more information. So, hey, welcome everybody to Facebook Live uh, Shower Door Professionals Group. Um, every Wednesday night at 30 p.m. Pacific time, we uh, meet here on Facebook, talk about shower doors and other fun stuff. So anyway, I hope you all are doing well. Um, what's going on, Bill Dobman? Well, while we're waiting for our guest host, if you want to talk about something, I had an interesting conversation today, which might pertain to a lot of people. I don't oh, know yeah. how many... How many of you use uh, referral sources like Home Advisor or Angie's List? You know, I, I have used uh, Home, Advise, Home Advisor in the past. Yeah. But I'm not currently using it. But really interesting because they claim that they will serve uh, homeowners, professional tradespeople that are uh, licensed in their areas, and that's not true at all. Uh, what I've found out is they only check licensing as far as a state level, but they do not go down to a county level. And I don't know how you are in California or other states, but in Florida, it's really the counties have a jurisdiction. Florida has a glass and glazing license so that if you get it, you can go anywhere in the state. But in most cases, most of the glass guys are smaller guys and they stay within your own county. So, but Home Advisor and Angie's List does not check references all the way down to the county level. So many times you're getting leads and of course they're sending out multiple leads, right? They'll send it out to you and two others if they can and they'll collect money from both the, all of you. But I'm finding out that a lot of leads are sending out to guys that are not licensed and they will not stand behind it. So it's, it's a really interesting concept. So I've had uh, quite a few discussions with them. The second thing is if you know anything about it, you will set up a, 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 your business profile so that homeowners know the type of work that you want. And we get leads all the time to install a Lowe's or a Home Depot door or somebody else's door or go out and repair somebody else's door. And that is not listed in our scope of work. And yet they charge us for the leads. So when you go for a credit, they'll give you credit. However, you must call the customer back within 24 hours or you're not eligible for the credit. And my point of contention to them is I shouldn't have to call them in 24 hours because I shouldn't have got the lead to begin with. They need to do a better job of screening and only send us leads that are in the scope of work that we advertise for. I don't want to be charged for a, a garage door fix, a screen door fix, um, uh, putting in a Lowe's or a Home Depot door that somebody else bought. So I shouldn't have got those leads to begin with. So there's no reason I should have to call the customer in 24 hours and before I could get a credit. So I'm having a little battle with them and I don't know how many other guys on this forum have that same situation. But my biggest point of contention is they should be listening to us because without us, they don't have a business. If, if we all turned around and said, we don't want to you know, use your service, 
uh, and they don't have any tradesmen, they don't have any product to sell. Yeah. So I, so I think all the tradesmen should stand together on this, not just glass guys, but every trade that uses them for references. Right. I mean, they're kind of like the government in a way that like they don't produce anything. No, you know, not at all. They, they don't have any economy of their own. All they have is what they um, kind of leech off of uh, the productive class, you know, and yeah. uh, that was kind of my experience with Home Advisor. You know, I, I signed up with them, you know, I had, you know, salespeople got in touch with me and they basically begged me to use their service. Sure. And I was like, well, here's the thing, you know, I'm really picky, you know, I don't want to do hardly anything. All I want to do is just this really narrow scope of work, you know, so I'm not interested in anything else. Oh, no, we'll cater to you. We'll send you exactly the, the clients that you want. If you get any clients that you don't want, then it's like, you're not going to get charged for that and all of this. So I was like, okay, well, well, you know, I'll give it a try. And uh, so the experience I had was very similar to yours. I mean, I'd get these leads for, you know, like repairs, you know, which I don't do, or like even just like completely unrelated stuff kind of within, you know, um, the, the, bathroom remodel it'd be like you know a tile job or a toilet replacement or something like that it'd be like hey i don't you know i don't do this work this is isn't even within my scope of work not even close hey, how are you? so then it would be a thing of where um, i didn't look yet we kind of gave you an opportunity to uh to um disagree you know with the charge and then they would credit you for it. But then there was like a limited number of those they would give you. They'd only give you like two per period or something like that. But exactly. they'd be sending me five of them or 10 of them. And it was like, yeah. finally, I just got so tired of fighting with them. I mean, the idea is to save my time, you know, getting more leads. But if like I'm spending all of my time arguing with them over these crappy leads they were sending my way, kind of defeated the purpose pretty quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So really needless kinda... to say, I don't recommend Home Advisor. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and trying to drop the account is not easy. I mean, I wasted a lot of time. I, I was pretty persistent. I mean, it's pretty easy when I tell the credit card company not to process any more charges from them. But I don't know. I, I just think trades as a whole could stick together and really put a squeeze on them. Yeah, well, I've done my part by just giving them the boot. Yeah. I've done that with a lot of companies over the past couple of years. I'm just like, I'm, I'm to the point to where I'm very fussy about where I give my dollars. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I kind of approach when they come to us and want to, you know, want us to join in and they don't have anything, you know, they have no knowledge of our company. I just kind of turn all of away. If, if you want to do a sales job to me, you need to do some research on your end, have an understanding of what my product is, who my customer is, and who to market me to before you come to me. And that's my opinion. I have to do that research with the stuff that I sell. So if you're gonna if you're gonna approach me wanting me to spend money with you, you know it's not hard to get on Google or go to my website and at least have a clue who I am or what I do before you come. So that's been my thing. If they come to me with a little bit of background and actually know who I am beforehand, because you can go to my website and find me directly. 
um, then I'll give them at least the time to talk about it. But if they don't come with that information, then they haven't done the work they need to do. So I just, I just push them away. So only the other thing they do is they start running commercials on TV about Home Advisor and say, you know, it's great with our app here. You can compare your job with others in your neighborhood to see if you're paying the right amount. I'm going, are you kidding me? Uh, I put in for bathroom remodeling. How do they know what I'm picking out for anything? Never mind glass, but sinks. No but, you know, no it's an absolutely ridiculous uh, program there. They can't, they don't tell you if the guy's six floors up and there's no elevator and you got to carry everything or there's none of those things. They just give price ranges. Well, if people are shopping on price, I don't want to be part of it. Because this isn't a race to the bottom. We want to race to the top. And I don't want to be the lowest price guy. I just don't want to. Yeah, exactly. So, so Chris, that's our short experience. But at least it's something, to fill, <laughs> something to fill some time in. Yeah. I mean, so what are some other services or techniques that you guys are using to get new leads? Well, I know, obviously, Chance has a pretty good program to get leads in whatever areas he goes to. Um, and I, you know, some of the stuff, I guess I'm fortunate in Florida because it got a lot of old people. They still read the newspaper, and that still is our number one lead, believe it or not. They're still printing newspapers. We, wow. have, a, we have what we call the Herald here on the Monterey Peninsula. It's not even worth buying anymore. It's yeah. good. I haven't thought about the newspaper in years. We can't, we canceled it, you know, 10 years ago and I haven't thought about it. I mean, Google's really all we're doing yeah. outside of social media. You know, we're, we do, we do a, we do a decent amount on social media, but we're not pushing that heavy. It's, you know, word of mouth. And uh, we try to pick up a few contractors when, when, you know, we find somebody that's legitimate, that's doing the level of work we want to do, but we're not pushing for leads too much right now. I'm pushing more for finding installers to do the leads. So, Okay, let's talk about glass, glass shortage. Anybody experiencing it yet, or are you still pretty good? Not out here, we haven't. I mean, they're, it's tight, but we still get it. Still getting it? I'd okay. say the, the float, float plants in China dried up during the pandemic, yeah. so all the people that were buying from China went patriotic and started buying from the U.S., so... Well, that's what I heard. We're getting calls like crazy from fabricators that can't get glass from their suppliers because they were buying all imported. Yeah. And they've got condo projects and hotels to do and they can't get glass. Yeah, no, I was talking to the owner of Glass Fab. He goes, yeah, we, we've always bought the domestic and and now everybody's gone patriotic and trying to buy from all our suppliers and causing a short. Don't kid yourself, Tim, though. It's not all patriotic. No, no, no. It's because they're trying to buy it because they can't get their Chinese. No, no, they can't get it. <laughs> can't come in the ports. Uh, they don't have containers. It just goes on and on and on. Oh, yeah. Now yeah. I'm seeing P uh, inner layer is for laminated glasses on shortage. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Too. Just heard that today. Yeah, EVB and and uh, Century Glass Plus. Yeah, he's uh, had had dinner tonight with an Old Castle rep, and uh, he was talking about the Century layer uh, being hard to come by right now. Yeah, very hard. 
Yeah. I know uh, Carey brings it in out of Japan. Um, it's a really good product for that Century Glass Plus, but again, it's getting into ports. That's, that's the hard thing, and it's transportation. Well, if we got one supplier, they want to put an insulated line in and a laminated line in, but it's all in the port of Oakland. They can't. And once they do get it, yeah, get the technicians from Italy or wherever out here to set it up. You know, that's that's another problem. You know, getting the machinery set up. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That's some it. of the one the Italian companies they can't travel yet. Yeah, because the uh, glass fab they're they're building a new uh, plant over in Basie. Uh, they got all the equipment, but they they can't get the technicians over here to uh, set it up. Yeah. So true. Really, the only thing we've heard shortage-wise is on pattern stuff. We've had a few patterns that we've got notification when we're uh, looking to buy something out, but there's low quantity. And again, most of that pattern stuff is made uh, overseas. Yeah. Very, few, very few of the local guys are making any pattern stuff. They're bringing it all in, and that's why there's a shortage of it. You'll notice that if you're using a three-eighths channel, some of the Chinese stuff is you got to jam it to get it in the channel because it's a, a little thicker than the domestic made. Have you run across that on anything? On your clips or on your hinges? You may have to, uh, like if you're using wall mount gaskets, you may have to take one of the thin gaskets out just to just allow it to, to fit in. Almost like it's made for a 516 instead of a 38. Yeah. It's only a couple of millimeters heavier, though. But well, some of that Sierra, Sierra Lawrence channel that's 38 wide, some of it won't fit in there. You yeah, know, I have also had several companies that wanted to buy glass from us, but we really only supply our own company. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I have, I have other manufacturers also trying to buy glass from us, but you know, we just, uh, can only do our own customers. Yeah. We've had to do the same thing. And even our suppliers are, are uh, rationing to who they sell to. Yeah. That is true. I think, you know, like AGC, uh, a lot of the, uh, the local companies, they're, they're not sending like full truck loads. They only sell. Uh, only, you know, it, it could be a full uh, truckload, but they want you to mix and match. So if you need, let's say, a lot of a lot of three eighths, they will send you half an inch, three eighths, maybe low iron, maybe some pattern. But yeah, there is some rationing for sure. Yeah. So yeah. We had a we have a we had a place up in Talent, Oregon, that's called Glass Fabrication. And they've been in business forty years, and they just shut the doors. Really? Yeah. Wow! Wow! I met the guy at the trade show years ago in Las Vegas. I told him I was in Carmel, and he goes, oh, no, I won't deliver to Carmel because the streets are so named. Narrow. But, you know, we're in a shopping center, so we used to buy from them all the time. And then they quit delivering to our area. Yeah. And, uh, but no, they just sent out letters that were, you know, glass shortage, machinery needs uh, maintenance, so we're done. Wow, I hear well Max was saying there's quite a few that may not make it through this. Yeah. I mean, and the guy that owns it, he's he came from he, he came from Southern California, he wanted to try retire in Oregon, so he, he picked this small town and set up a business. Sure. 
and then they had a they had an operation in Fairfield, California, too. So that kind of put, it, put a dent in the fabrication stuff, too. Yeah, it's been a pretty trying time for for people. And here in my area, it's pretty interesting. Santa Cruz is not a very big town. It's actually more of a, you know, more of the the county we think of than really the city of Santa Cruz, uh, you know, the neighboring communities here. But there's a, a ton of glass shops, you know, here. Like, I mean, you can't really throw a rock without hitting one. And uh, this past year, we had a couple of them shut down. Um, so I'm having kind of the opposite thing here where suppliers that I haven't been using are coming knocking at our door asking us, hey, you know what, what can we do to get you to buy our product? Because uh, they've lost a couple of, of customers here in the area um, over this past year. So, uh, you know, we're, you know, kind of trying out some new suppliers. I mean, but you know how that goes. I mean, it's really a crapshoot. There's so many things that, that can go wrong with a, a supply line. Um, so whenever I've got a new vendor, it's just like, I'm really apprehensive um, that they're going to, they're going to keep their promises. You know, they're going to, um, you know, de uh, deliver up a good quality product in a timely way for a reasonable price. Um, it's interesting, since I started my business here, there was another company uh, started up, another shower door company started up in the area. Um, a company that had, you know, shower door in the name. I won't name them, you know, specifically. <laughs> in case someone in the area is listening. But, uh, it was funny because whenever I saw this guy's truck, it never had a shower door on it. It always had like, you know, some like windows, like some mill guard windows or you know, some, some storefront or they just like annealed glass or something. Um, and then so finally they dropped the shower door part from the name. So mm -hmm. back to being the, the only official shower door company in Santa Cruz. There you go. Hey, what Hey Chris, what about US Glass? Are they calling me? Yeah, yeah. That's that's one of the ones I'm talking about, actually. <laughs> they seem really nice, you know, and that they're interesting. They're the the company so, that the fall off used to be true light, that's right? True light Western States. And then used to be, yeah, used to be Western States before. Western, that. State, Western States was a great company. I agree. And, and true light took it over it and Flush it down the toilet. Destroyed it. Yeah, they didn't do so good, did they? No, they didn't. But I agree. Western States was a was a great company, and they were they oh, had a, a huge variety of different types of glass. I mean, you could get different types of polish oh, yeah. on your glass. Um, all kinds of of uh, like. Well, Jonathan, you knew Jonathan Wicken. You ever meet him? Yeah. Yeah. Well, his dad used to have Haviland with him before okay. that. So Jonathan started his own business. You know, so, you know, they're a great company, but Eli flushed them down the toilet and that was uniform. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, hey, people come and go, right? I mean, oh, yeah. just like just like old friends, you know? Yeah, well, Kathy, she's been down here a couple times. <laughs> so, Billy, you were talking about getting contractors on board, you know, from time to time going after a, a, like a new contractors. Do you have a certain method that you use for kind of courting a contract or even deciding if, uh, if a particular contractor is somebody you might want to do business with? Um, I wouldn't say I have a specific method because uh, it's been something we haven't really pushed the last, you know, five or six years because of volume, you know, volume versus how many crews literally we can fit in our building. Um, and with doing, you know, kind of, you know, 40, 60 showers to commercial for a long time. And then now it's more shifted to the opposite. Um, we've just kind of maintained, and I hate to say that, but we have a certain building size. And while covering all things, uh, we haven't wanted to steal too much of our commercial into the residential. So I haven't been pushing for a lot of contractors, but I would say we probably have a good, you know, 20 contractors that we do regular work for. And then we've got probably, I don't know, 20 more a couple remodels a year something like that so i don't have a, a set method other than we do an evaluation of you know what kind of work they're doing um we kind of naturally get a lot of the contractors because uh we don't do a lot of marketing uh, we've been around a lot longer than everybody else around here so we don't market a lot um so other people who market more may pull a contractor in initially and then honestly do a bad job. And then they start looking around and I feel communication wise, we do kind of, we do the best job of communicating with somebody who wants a shower door in our area. So, um, but again, there's, there's plenty of people out here who do them. It's just, I would rather organically get them uh, than go out and search for them right now with volume that we're running because they're coming to me with a need rather than me trying to go and tell them how great I am. Um, I haven't had a lot of success at that, um, unless it's somebody I build a relationship kind of outside the shower door realm and we, you know, we grow the, you know, the various parts of the business with them. So I would say I have a set means other than I see them and I, you know, I, I look at their work and I like what they do and I start talking to them about what they do um, rather than, hey, here's what we do and we're great at it and, check us out. It's more like I noticed what you do and I think what you do matches what I do. So it's kind of like, let me pump them a little bit and tell them how great they are um, and how much I admire their business and what they do. And that kind of brings them in a little bit. Uh, but I, I had a failure meeting a couple weeks ago with a contractor who I walked in a house and I was measuring, you know, some beveled mirrors, which is really random. It was just kind of in between two appointments. So stop by to measure some years. There's a brand new shower there. So I talked to the homeowner and they're like, yeah, yeah, our contractor's got somebody who handles that. So um, I did a little research, took a picture of the contractor's sign, you know, set up a lunch meeting with them. And they told me how great the other shower door company that they use in town was where I typically hear how terrible that company is. And I was like, well, awesome, man. If they're doing a good job for you, I'm not, I'm not here to talk bad about anybody. I was just going to, you know, introduce myself, tell you what we do that kind of thing. And it, it was a crash and burn meeting. 
you know, so there's no perfect way to do it. It's kind of feeling out each contractor, um, who their customer is, and uh, more or less being slower. I was kind of aggressive with that one. Like, why are you using these people and why are they in the same bathroom I'm in? Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they do the same level of work that we do. And it was a fail. So I probably won't go that route next time. But um, so there's no, I don't think there's any right way to do it. It's uh, it's just trial and error with different people. It's like customers. You got to figure out, you know, what, what ticks the boxes for each customer for what they want. Um, and you do an evaluation, evaluation of their home, their location, the cars they drive, um, you know, all of those things play into figuring it out. Same thing with contractors. I can look at a contractor that's driving an $85,000, you know, dually around. I know I can approach them differently than the guy that's driving his beater truck and is going to stay in that truck no matter what. It's doing an evaluation of who you're dealing with and trying, trying to figure out the way in. And sometimes you fail anyway. So definitely no right way to do it. I wouldn't say, but uh, trial and error is the best I've got. <laughs> a lot of wrong ways to do it though, huh? You're right about that. <laughs> No, there were there were a few things I liked about what you just said there. And like the one thing was about the approach of saying, hey, I noticed what you're doing. I like what you're doing here and there. And that's the sort of thing that you can only do sincerely, right? I mean, you can't be like just bullshitting somebody because they'll know that. And and there's no point in that anyway. I mean, you really want to be doing work with a contractor that does good work already. I mean, you don't want to be associated with somebody who's like a hack, you know? So that thing of just approaching them and saying, hey, I, you know, I see that you did this project over there. That's really nice. You know, what are you guys doing? What kind of work do you like to do? And just get them talking about themselves and then they'll figure out, you know, on their own if, if, they, can, if they can use you. And then another thing that I like that you were saying is just that thing about like, being willing to try something and fail. I mean, there are so many people who are so afraid of failure that they really never get to accomplish anything great. Because I mean, you don't do anything big without screwing some stuff up. Am I, am I right? You're right. <laughs> you gotta be willing to fail a little bit. Yeah, you can't be afraid of no. You can't yeah. be afraid of, the worst thing that happens is they go, no, I'm good, I don't wanna work with you. And you didn't lose anything. Maybe a lunch, you know, maybe maybe fifteen bucks. <laughs> Lose your lunch. To do that, you know. So, I but I've also found that if you're willing to ask, and I and I hate to say this about the glass industry, but there's a lot of really bad glass guys. There really are uh, that are that are non-trustworthy guys. And I've gone to a lot of contractors, and I'm like, hey, who are you using for your showers, or who are you using for this item or that? And they're like, well, you know, we use different people, and we have, you know, we different form and use different guys. And I'm like, well, I mean, if you want somebody reliable, I can promise reliability. I can't promise we'll be perfect every time. I can't promise that, you know, everything will go right on every job, but I promise we'll be reliable and you can, we'll communicate with you, you know, and a lot of guys don't have that. And that's that, I hate to say that about the glass industry and I'm sure it's true about a lot of industries, but there are a lot of bad guys in town. And if you can put yourself as the one or two guy in town, Typically, somebody's looking for you as long as you're willing to ask them for it. Yeah. Yep. Hey, Bob Dugan. Yes, sir. What's going on, man? You are, like, here a lot, and you almost never say hardly anything. You are a man of few words. 
Chris, Oh, no, you're breaking up really bad. Dude. I totally put you on the spot. A few words. <laughs> What's been going on with you, man? Well, today, a ex-friend first round. <laughs> she said the shower door was a half of an inch further back than where she wanted it. And I said, my installer figured out that if we put it there, we were not going to get all wood on, on the screws on that side of the end. He wanted a $500 discount for, for, for being a half inch off where she wanted it. Forget what we agreed on, but, you know, it's, I think it all boils down to education, you know? Yeah. We probably should have hands drawn a little bit more precise. And um, making the decision on how many of us are going to go to the show, I signed I'm just getting a little ambitious talking to a lot of these factories, but they're, they're not going <clears> to. <throat> as far as glass supply in this part of the world, we're good on, you know, on the heavy glass. But we also do it years in our primary supplier, Gardner, out of Indiana. Their warehouse has been empty for three weeks. They're telling us. So that's a little problem. And then our, our window division is having trouble on getting windows we haven't had. So. Yeah, typical kind of, you know, bumps and bumps and bruises, huh? Hey, Chris, how much? What's up, uh, Billy? Well, off of what Bob was saying. We've kind of got guys here that are, you know, at different levels of um, employee, business size, that kind of thing. What this is, I've mentioned this to Bill. I was emailing with him. And I mentioned it to him. You know, the last two weeks at our place have seemed to be two weeks of, you know, every day it's some problem with some shower customer, you know, some install doesn't go right, that kind of thing. How do you guys inside your own places deal with that? Is it a the owner deals with it, or do you have uh, HR? I'm sure, Bill, you probably have, you know, a, a guy or a group that handles that for you. I'd love to hear how different guys handle that inside their own place. We normally make the person that installed it go back out. There's a problem, they repair it. This thing today escalated up to the up the food chain to me because this lady was a whack guy. She was a complete, and I could see, I could see that, you know, that you come. So, um, pretty much put it on the who installed it to make it work. Then the salesperson gets involved. And then if that doesn't work, it, it lands on my desk. I think that that's, very, a, I think that's a good way to handle things. I mean, I think that to start out by, because it gives that the person who did the work, you know, the ownership of it and an opportunity to, to make it right. I think that's a good good way to um, like first line of defense, whatever. I guess it depends what the problem is too. I mean, was it a sales issue or they laid it out wrong? Was it the measuring problem? I hate to lay that on an installer when it's really not their issue, but some of these companies, the measuring guy is the installer. It, you know, in Chris, your case, you're yeah. you do everything, right? Yeah, so, it's me. Everything I did it. To you. Me too. I think what Billy was referring to is you, as you grow your business, how do you 
break it up. I look at it like when I go to a restaurant, if I get a bad meal, I expect a manager to come. I don't expect the server to handle that. You, you would think that as an organization gets bigger, management gets involved and then rarely does it get to ownership. I mean, I've never been to an outback where an owner came up to me, but it's always a manager that's put in place to handle those situations. But, you know, you go to a private restaurant, yeah, you will get to the owner if you have to, if it's a bad situation. And that's kind of the way we handle it, Billy. I've got, uh, I've got installers, I've got installer managers, then I have an operations director, I have a general manager, and then it would get to myself. So there's these different layers. But if I know that it's a real personal issue, I have no problem picking up the phone or driving over to the customer and see what's going on. It's got to be handled. Whatever it is, you got to handle it. I'm just afraid that if you turn it to an installer to handle and the guy's not uh, savvy enough, it could make it a bigger problem. Right. Yeah, good point. You know, I mean, Chris, you and I are on completely opposite spectrums, right? But, right. but there was a point when I started, I was at the exact same spectrum as you and we hit, my wife and I were out installing shower doors mm -hmm. and we handled everything. And obviously there was much less there because our volume was less and everything goes up exponentially as you grow. Uh, Billy, there's more problems like who took care of the truck? Did you get the oil changed? You checked the tires and the brakes or is that gonna cost me a fortune when we start towing the truck in because no one did maintenance on it? So you have to have all these processes set up in advance. Um, tool, who's updating the tools, who's rebuying the tools, your drill bits, are your guys helping themselves to supplies, not telling anybody. Then you're out of caulking, paper towels, or whatever other supplies you need, razor blades. So we had to put processes in place to make sure we have stock and inventory. They're all growing pains we all go through. You're, you're going to set up that same thing, Billy, as you grow. You're going to get to the point where you have to or you'll be, you'll be running around all day putting fires out and never growing the business. That's the difference. Yeah, and if you have an organization, you know, of multiple people, then, you know, you're probably going to have a person who's got the, that skill set. Yeah. Who's just the natural, oh, that, that's the natural person to send out to deal with, um, you know, to deal with a customer and, that's irate or whatever, because they're going to smooth it over. They're going to stay cool. They're going to have solutions. They're going to, you know, own it and, uh, and, and make everything good, you know? So if you're a little, you know, if you're a little shop, I mean, you, know, you may not have a whole lot of personnel to, to choose from to do that. Yeah. But you know, it's how you handle that can make or break a business too, because your Absolutely. reputation is on the line and, People are, are keyboard pirates nowadays. And you yep. one wrong thing and all of a sudden you're plastered with these Google reviews that'll kill you. Yeah. So, so you almost have to be very proactive and, and stay on top of it so you get good reviews. Right. Yeah, you know, and sometimes the best thing could ever happen to you is that you'd have a problem and solve it yeah. because you really end up being the hero. You yeah. know, I, um, I was telling somebody the other day that on my on Yelp, I have I don't know how many now, like thirty some whatever five star reviews. Then I've got like one one star review. So this is a guy who called me and said, "Hey, I need a little like magnetic latch for my old you know twenty year old 
shower door, you know? And um, I don't know, I guess he wanted me to like, you know, get on the internet for him and track, find one for him, you know, or something like that. I was like, hey, I, you know, sorry, I'm just, you know, I'm not the right guy for this. Um, you know, it's just me and my wife. And it's like, you know, I mean, I really can't take, you know, a couple of hours out of my day to, you know, go track down. Well, he gave me a one, one star review for that. And it's like, and now I was just thinking the other day, man, I should write that guy and say, hey, thank you so much um, for leaving that one star review. Because um, if it wasn't for you, it would look like my, my account was fake, you know? <laughs> That's right. And I think it would probably take you know, like two or three more one star reviews to bring me down to like four and a half stars. You know, because it's just like I've got that that many great reviews, you know. But um, but you know, it's good to have problems. I mean, I, it sounds counterintuitive, but the truth is, it's like it, you know, problems are a good thing. Um, you know, they they give you opportunities to to grow, resistance, you know, to to strengthen yourself against. Problems are only opportunities waiting to be turned into cash. So we, we had a we had somebody call us to go out. Well, about 45 minutes away from a shop as we're doing what we call car week on the Monterey Peninsula where there's five Austin houses going and people coming all over the place it's gridlock you can't do it so I told the guy we can come next week and he did the same thing he wrote a nasty review for us <laughs> yeah it's too bad you know but I mean, you can see it like when, when you're looking at the profile, it really stands out when you've got like, you know, one, one review after the other is, oh, this is great. These guys are great. They were so friendly. They answered the phone. They came out. They kept their promise. They gave us a fair deal. I'll use them again. This is, I've used them before. I'm, you know, this is the third time that they've done a shower door for us, whatever. And then there's this guy. Oh, yeah, they, do, they wouldn't, well, you know. Like they wouldn't you? do that for me, you know. It's like it's obvious who's you know who's who in this scenario. Well, you live over in Santa Cruz. The traffic's so bad. I don't know how you get, you know, down Highway One and into the Watsonville. <laughs> you know, that's the same thing. Yeah, it's an interesting place. That's for sure. Yeah. And yeah. If you know, want a like, good kick, go read my Google reviews. Sometimes there's some there's some fun ones on there. Yeah. yeah. Real problems. It's, I just find myself in today's time, I'm so worried about reviews and trying to keep that positive um, that I, I can't be as stern as I really want to be sometimes if we've got bad tile and we've got, you know, this issue or that issue that we can't really address, but I still want to sell the shower. Um, we're dealing with it on the back end, even if we give the customer a warning on the front end of these, these items, and even yeah. if we haven't signed. Um, was because we get that immediate, well, I'm going to go give you a bad Google review. Like, it literally, I mean, they'll literally tell us that. Or we want financial, you know, kickback for this. And I'm like, well, I'm already losing hundreds of dollars at this point um, because of the labor that we're eating, you know. So, yeah, let's definitely, let's give you some more money back. So it's a it's a fine line and it's frustrating because, especially dealing with my, my dad, uh, who says, oh, their tile's terrible, tell them it's terrible. And that they need to deal with it, and I'm like, yeah, we got to pump the brakes on that a little bit because we can't, we can't quite go there. I don't want to, I don't want another one star review because we actually did a good job, but they're dealing with a problem we can't control. You know, so it's a touchy thing nowadays. 
Yeah. Yeah, people can be mean. They can be mean, but they can be mean. They can also be not even real customers. That That's a sad thing. I've, I've had two of them that we've tracked down. They're not even in our database. We never did a work for them. Didn't even give them a quote. So it's a false name. It's a false IP address. It's just somebody out there didn't like us and wanted to do something. Maybe a competitor. That's yep. the obvious, that's the obvious thing that you would think of. Yeah. 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 Stuff happens. You live through it. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to have the sheer numbers of happy customers, you know, that it just outweighs those one or two, you know, inevitable bad reviews. Okay, let's face it. How many times do you hire somebody to do something at your house? Do you really check every review? Do you even check reviews or are you just going on recommendations from somebody else? What really, What if you had to do uh, I don't know, your, your back patio over, is it a friend of a friend that you know or somebody that's one of your contractors that you do work for? Or do you go searching for somebody like that? No, I mean, if I'm, yeah. I'm going to buy a product off of Amazon, yes. I'll read the reviews. Sure. If I'm looking for a restaurant that I've never been to, I'll like read the reviews, you know? Right. But anything other than that, yeah, it's going to be kind of a relationship-based referral yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. So take it with a grain of salt. I mean, yeah, we all bust our hump to do the best and have the best uh, showing in the public and on Google, especially. But when it comes right down to it, most of the people that are doing business with you, either they saw your ad and they're not even getting other quotes or a word of mouth, somebody like that. You know, I don't think we lost anything because of a, a one-star review or a zero-star review or whatever. But yeah. the big, but the biggest positive I can say is answer every review, even the good ones. Thank them for their review. People do read that if you're interactive with the people. Here, Just here, the, that's great advice. I, yeah. that, that's something I do for sure. Yeah. Say, thanks for the great review. I worked really hard and that's what keeps us going. Thank you very much. And you know, that that's goes a long ways. It really does. That's something I definitely give to somebody else. <laughs> yeah. I'll let somebody else give the reply to the review. It keeps me calm. All right. Give you, you know, this is just personal interest stuff. You probably saw that I posted this thing that we signed a, uh, a college athlete this week because of the new NCAA rules. So I can see that, yeah. Every TV station, there's four TV stations in the area, they all interviewed the kid. Kid's a freshman lineman. He'll, you know, there's linemen that play their whole career in college, never get an interview. This kid had five interviews in one day. He was on ESPN radio and he was on that because it's new and it's relevant. But what most people don't do, and which I ended up doing, is I emailed each and every one of those stations and reporters thanking them for that interview and telling them how they got the story right and if they needed any more follow-up, which they hardly ever get. You've got to realize these reporters are out there and they get beat up all day long by their editors and no one gives them a pat on the back. No one. So I, I sent an email. I said, you did a really good job. And I've been watching your work on TV. You're really doing good. Keep up the good work. Guy sent me a backup. He says, you know, I really would like to have a follow-up story done on that. You know, are you available? So it just turns into something good. Yeah. Just, just going that little extra bit. You hear Keith say this on LinkedIn all the time. The 
difference between ordinary and extraordinary is just that little bit. Just that little bit to make it memorable. And it, and it goes such a long ways. And it's so true. Yep. Yeah, especially because most people quit, like, at the five-yard line. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's like for you to, to really rise to the top, you only have to do, like, about five or ten percent more than the next guy it's the truth yeah you ever buy a product of a cleaner and it says cleans 99 percent of the stain i'm going why didn't you work an extra hour of overtime and make it 100 percent? why did you stop at 99 i don't get it well put well, Absolutely. it's too bad you don't have a moderator tonight. Or a, a I know, huh? Guest. Well, you know what? You know, I, I blame myself. I think I um, I didn't do as good of a job at giving him all the information he needed to get on. I kind of, uh, I think I kind of took it for granted that he would be able to find his way in. But he's not really, um, the guy who I asked to do it tonight isn't really on Facebook all that much. So um, I, I'm going to do a better job. I'm going to see if he's, he'll do it next week. And uh, I have to take responsibility for this because, you know, sometimes I just take too much for granted. And uh, I think I did that in this case. So I'm, he's got, he uh, kind of came in at the end of um, a meeting we had a couple weeks ago and was started sharing part of his personal story. It was just really compelling. I was like, man, dude, you've got to come on and, and tell your story. Um, so I'm really interested in what this guy has to say. So I'm going to ask him to, to come back again next week, and uh, I'll give him better instructions for how to how to get here. I was wondering, who, I was wondering who it was. Now I know who you're talking about. You know who I'm talking I, about, huh? I yeah. think I know who you're talking about too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a bad, had a tough life, and. Yeah, and it sounds like he's really killing it in business right now. And, yeah. you know, when a guy is on that kind of a trajectory, it's really interesting to hear what he's doing and what's working he, for him right now, you know, because it's, it's fresh. Into yeah. What he's doing now. yeah, exactly. Well, you know, uh, Ellie Ben here, I don't know if I've ever um, had a chance to talk with you. I wonder if you'd like to spend a few minutes just kind of telling us a little bit more about uh where you're at yeah, what you're doing and stuff yeah so um we 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 are as i said we're in the orlando area we do uh frameless shower doors glass railings a lot of frameless glass so we do uh own our own tempering oven we do all of the manufacturing as well um we uh we're kind of uh specializing high-end uh residential we also do some high-end commercial so we have you know a team of about 40 people um we have uh, you know a lot of automatic machines to do our work um yeah so it's a family business um established in 1986 so we are originally from mexico we moved to the states about 18 years ago and we opened the company here and, you know, started working with, with the glass. So we've had a lot of experience in the family. Uh, pretty much all of my family works in the company. And we have about 30 other people that work with us that are not part of the family. So we are just very grateful to be in a great location. We have very 
uh, great um, team members that work with us. And, you know, we're just uh, trying to to be different, you know. Uh, there's a lot of competition out there, but, you know, at the end of the day, really the effort, you know, the quality that you put on your work is going to make the difference. Yeah, that's true. So now, was your family in the glass industry in Mexico? Yeah, so my dad actually uh, started the company in 1986. Um, his father was a locksmith, and, you know, when he was younger, you know, with a family, he wanted to do, uh, you know, do something a little bit different. So he had, um, he have seen a lot of successful glass companies in Mexico, uh, you know, Sangobain, uh, Vitro, uh, a lot of companies down there. So he went with a guy that had a glass shop and pretty much he worked with him uh, one day and learn pretty much the industry and one day and pretty much he learned everything by experience so myself growing up you know i went with him um you know to see customers to to see a lot of these uh business so i pretty much you know was born in the industry so i've i've been you know doing this my entire life and we specialize in frameless so we've done anywhere from the largest dealership in the country um, uh, for Ford. Uh, we've done a lot of really intricate projects. Um, and here in Florida, pretty much, as I said, we specialize in frameless. We've done a lot of different really cool projects. Awesome, man. Well, cool. I'm really glad that you're here. It's, it's nice to meet you and uh, hear a little bit about your, your family business. That's cool. Yeah, thank you. And you know what? Actually, I was going to ask, I think this platform will be very good to have leverage with vendors. So, for example, uh, if somebody wants to buy a machine, you know, and there's somebody else that may be looking to buy a machine or get a better deal, you know, you can, I think this platform could be used to buy volume to get better deals, to have, you know, some other leverage that maybe, you know, a person that has a very small shop, you know, that may not be getting some something to think about yeah well you know i'm glad you bring that up you know because here's my my thought about that i think i agree with you i think this is a great platform for that and you know i have purposely tried to keep out um the for the foreign um hardware manufacturers stuff like that there are a ton of them who who try to get into the group like every day every day i'm saying no to people like that because i want to leave it open for people who are here in the in the um in the u.s um and uh and manufacture stuff and supply stuff you know and bill here is is also someone who's um not really i mean not really targeting supplying but he but he does you know have his own hardware and he does tempering and stuff also you know so I want you guys to feel free to, you know, um, you know, to go ahead and reach out and, and, and let people know, you know, what you have available. Um, you know, it's like, I don't, you know, I don't want anybody like just spamming the group and, you know, putting on tons and tons of ads because that becomes, you know, obnoxious to everybody. And I think one of the great things about the Shower Door Pros group is that we don't have, you know, a whole bunch of like ads and stuff like that. And, um, I, I manufacture stuff and, and sell tools and I try not to run ads all the time. You know, I, I'll occasionally, you know, plug one of my, 
one of my gadgets or something like that. But, um, you know, so, so I'm just, I try to be sensitive to that. Um, let people know, Hey, I do have some stuff that's available. Um, if you want it, you know, uh, here's where you can check it out. And I invite the rest of you guys to do the same thing. I mean, if you have a, a service or a product to offer, you know, please do, you know, let, let everybody know about it. Um, and just be, you know, and you guys are great at this. I mean, I, uh, I don't have any problem with, um, with members in this group, hardly ever, you know, with, with having to talk to them about like being overbearing or anything like that. You guys are really good at just knowing the right amount of, you know, um, you know, putting it out there. You know what I'm talking about. Great, great. You know, yeah. just a suggestion for a topic is how to save money. Who doesn't like to save money? Just maybe just uh, something that for those companies that have, you know, several trucks. So now we're looking to actually have our own gas station in our building. Um, you know, how many times, you know, you, if you have a crew, you know, they just take their time on the gas station. You know, they're just uh, wasting a lot of time. So if you can have your own gas station and you can fill up your own trucks, you're going to save a lot of money. So, you know, something that we are actually uh, going to be doing uh, in the next couple of weeks. But, you know, you know, just, you know, maybe a topic, you know, that may interest a lot of people. Yeah. Out, sticking outside the box, right? Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I worked for a shop many years ago that did that um, in, in Vegas. Um, they did that exact. They had tons of trucks. So they just set up their own little gas pump. And uh, it's brilliant. We, right on, man. I like that. We used to have a 500-gallon tank in the ground. Yeah. That we pumped out of. And, but then they came along and we had to have it tested every year Yeah. and all that stuff. There's and some regulations and stuff here. So some hoops we, you're going to have to jump through, right? So we sort of left the property. We left the tank in the ground. But the thing never leaked. You know, oh, yeah. The landlord had to... Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, you're gonna have some EPA stuff and all that, and oh man. If you're gonna do that, make sure it's above the ground. Hey, yeah. No way. Regulations in California. No way. Yeah, yeah. In California, we had it. We had a 500 gallon tank in the ground. This is back in the old days, though, right? That was in the old days. Back when Reagan was probably the governor. That's right. And I mean, it was great, you know, I needed gas, I'd go down and fill my truck up on my dad's dollar. Uh, awesome. Love it. Well, right on, guys. Good talk. Good talk. I always look forward to these little meetings that we have. So, uh, hey, thanks for showing up. Nice meeting you. Um, really good. Hope to see you some more yeah. in the future. Nice to meet you all. All right, Tunes. Get yes. some sleep, man. Yes, Stop course. thinking about stuff. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next Wednesday. Hey, this is Chris Phillips, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. You may want to join the Shower Door Professionals group on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and search for Shower Door Pros, and you'll find us. I look forward to seeing you.